0: advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> Not you. You might think get a job in between the Super Bowl and March Madness. No. Had a good show. Fez taking a week off back next week. But I got to tell you, I think it was better without Fez. No. <laughs> but it was tight. It wasn't as long. He's blabby. blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to keep this one short, too. We got a coupon code that for all seasons. There's an old movie called The Man of All Seasons or For All Seasons. It's like a religious movie. It's interesting. I saw it once a long time ago. Well, you might be thinking, I want to bet NBA. Some people might say, I hear AJ's good at college. Well, actually, if you look at AJ's college, which has been the predominant part of it, but his college and NBA combined up almost 55 units. This season, Griffin Warner, your protege, is that fair to say? Thirty-four units just in college basketball. Great shaker up seventeen in the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to give you twenty-five percent off anything you want. That means you can make the twenty or save the twenty-five percent on a you know daily package. Save yourself five, six bucks, whatever. Or you can buy something long term and save hundreds. It's your choice. It's through the weekend. It's pregame 25, P-R-E-G-A-M-E, 25. And just to show you I'm serious about keeping it short, on to the show. Whatever happens here, stays here. It's, it's the Super Bowl's over and March Madness is coming edition. Fez, week off. Back next week, you know, he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, let's be candid. He had a lot of pressure on all the different contests. Being famous is high pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to get all of the different discounts. Did you guys do any like sitting around? You know, looking like you're playing slot machines and getting free drinks. No, no. Scott Steinberg joins and AJ Hoffman. So we're gonna focus. We're gonna do a, a quickie. An hour or so, and, and I think this one we're going to stick to it, but we got some good stuff. We're going to go over the big news in the NFL, anything that's noteworthy. Jimmy G with his performance-enhancing ways, <laughs> for example. I hope
2: it was Rogaine. Wouldn't that be great? If I... Be, I don't think Jimmy G needs it. No, gotta, just uh, imagine he's like, oh, I got a little bald spot, and it costs it. him
0: two games. He has a lush mane. <laughs> but maybe that's why he has a lush yeah, mane. Yeah. Is... <laughs> performance-enhancing substances. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Now, if he was in, It's the like pool. saying Hulk Hogan doesn't need steroids. Look at him; he's jacked. Well, I, it's chicken or egg, my friend. But no, it's not actually. <laughs> is,
1: is is the absence of hair is what people use Rogaine for? I mean, you didn't get that memo. No, but
2: I'm saying maybe he used it. He, you were maybe you he's were searching the wrong
1: whole time. You were searching the wrong. Taoist. Was there a time for those that haven't seen AJ? Looks like, um. Who would you say, but Mr. Clean? Very no, it's not Mr. Clean. <laughs> you look like a like a wrestler type. Like you look like Goldberg in a little way, like a Goldberg that's really decided he never wants to work out again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's like he, he he renounces it for five years. Yeah. He's still got muscle on him. He's still you know thicker, but it's it's like that
2: marbling is getting. <laughs> It's a good word for it. Thank you. <laughs> it's the kindest word you could use for my, uh, my current situation. Well-marbled. Some would say. Yeah.
1: I mean, come on. You're not that now. I mean, you're just, you don't look like you'd ready to go in the octagon. No. Okay. So have, was there any point, when did you start, when did you first notice you were losing your hair? Like age 11? No. Uh,
2: <laughs> it was like probably. Oh, you know the exact moment. It, no, I don't. I mean, it was, but it was probably like uh, eighteen years ago. So, That's I, giving us a riddle, tw- like twenty-five. Okay, okay. So you were a young man, and yeah. you said, "Uh oh." Yeah, it started thinning out.
1: Now, was there anything? Was there anything in the family that made
2: you think, "Oh, I'm gonna, I have no chance"? I mean, my my grandfather was bald. My mom's dad, uh, but I it, I wasn't shocked by. it. Okay. I'll say that. Right. Now, at that point, were you troubled
1: by? Did you feel your mortality at age twenty-five? No. Um, is it when you became more of a Howard Stern hacky type on the radio?
2: I think what I, I an advantage I had was like at that age of my life, I was already like uh doing like a bald fade, like so I was keeping my hair very short to begin with. Oh, so you
1: were preparing everyone?
2: I didn't even, but this is before I even knew it was happening, was subconsciously. so maybe I was subconsciously preparing myself.
1: But in a way, you think you'd let those locks fly. I mean, Hogan, like, well, yeah, he, he, had, he had the um. He had the real long hair that somehow was stringy, like the horseshoe hair. It was, <laughs> it was the cul-de-sac mullet. Yes, I mean it was. Bo- I mean, and then he put that handkerchief on. Yeah,
2: yeah. He
1: somehow pulled it off. Though. I don't. It's unbelievable.
2: It's a great look. It's not a great. <laughs> it's a terrible look. But he somehow for Hogan, off. it was a great look. I
1: mean, that is true. I mean, if you really think about it, for Hogan, that was a good look.
2: Yo, homeboy, welcome to the hood, brother. And Macho Man did the opposite. He tried to maintain what he had on top when the reality was his hair was growing very much like Hogan's. He just tried to hold on more. Hogan shaved it where it looked like a— He had a bandana,
1: too, right? Oh, yeah. If only Propecia was around at this point. Now, did you ever consider any, um, let's say, performance enhancement? No. Okay. All right, moving on. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I mean, you know— You're the one that lives with it. Personally, I think of all the people, I think there's certain people that look good. There's certain people that look okay. It's like, huh? And then there's others that look ridiculous. I think the most ridiculous— is the fat guys like curly or whatever who's the goofy
2: curly thing? from the
1: yes yeah, the fat guys that, that that have a big double chin and a fleshy face and they go with the ball they look like a like
2: cereal killer, like uncle fester
1: yeah I mean to me I think whatever you can do if it even if it's a horseshoe you'd want to do that. Is I would think, but you got a good like shaped head for it. So you well,
2: if if you, if you uh, start going bald, are you going to use performance enhancers? or Are you going to just let it go?
1: You know what's funny? There was a time that I was concerned, and it's certainly like my. It's not exactly how it was when I was twenty, but I think I'm at the point where I'm. fine. You know, did you see? You went in the service. Mm-hmm. For me, I when I was growing up, there was a little hint that you know we could go to war. You know, like Vietnam wasn't. You know, I was eighteen and eighty eight. So you know. You had to do selective service back then, you know, which was just registering. I'm not sure. I don't think they have to do that. They still anymore. do it? Oh, they still do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, but I, in the back of my mind, I thought, I don't want to go to war. You know I mean? I would have – if I did, if I had to, I'd be – like, I'm really smart. Can I do something else? You know, I'd have <laughs> to find a way to <laughs> – but I, at a certain point, it dawned on me, I could never get drafted at this point. You know, I don't know if it was like yeah. 32, 30. So then I felt I was home free. I was, okay. I think kind of like that. I'm at the age now that even if I start losing it incrementally, it will look normal. Yeah. Right? So I don't think I'll be upset. I mean, I won't welcome, you know, but I don't, I tell you this, and there was a time, I mean, I'll be candid, in my 30s, I took Propecia. Okay. You know, just one a day. And it it stopped it. But I haven't taken it for like five, six, seven, eight years. It might be 10. And I have it really lost. So it's funny. Maybe it stopped it in
2: its tracks and never, I don't know. <laughs> really? Do you worry about color, like going gray?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, but Fez has the answers to that. Well, yeah,
2: but it's like (laughs) getting your hair dyed. Like,
1: well, I tell you, there's ways to do it, and there's been a time or two I've like right when it started with any speckle. I had a, you know, I have a good uh, stylist. I mean, this is way, you know, way back. But I said, "Um, what would you do with this? And he goes, oh, and what happened? Like Fez does it at home. Oh, does he? Yeah, and I think the, I think the, the wife gets ink. You know, like it's something mean, very it's, it, dark. It's very, let's say, primitive. Mm-hmm. It's very primitive. What, what, what the pros will tell you. So the my guy is like a hundred bucks for a a, a cot. So I mean, is you know okay? But he used to. This is wow. He used to date Tom Brady's sister. Ooh. He's from Boston. He's like probably now he's like in his late fifties, but he he's you know he looks younger, right? And he's a straight hair. You know, a lot of hairstylists aren't, right? Yeah. It's just a fact. But he he's straight, and he told me he had a um, uh, a salon at like the Ritz, Ritz Carlton in, in in Boston. Wow, like twenty years ago, or whatever. And it was rocking and rolling. And somehow Tom Brady came in to get his hair. This was before I think Brady was just a backup at this. You know, maybe his first year or two. And then somehow he dated his sister, like only like twice. Okay. But he hung out and watched like, I think it was Thanksgiving with Brady or something, but but it was at the very beginning. Right. And, um, so anyway, the guy had been through, you know, through, you know, he's pedigreed, I guess. And he goes, Oh no, no, no. The thing you do is, and he was talking about all the blends and stuff Mm -hmm. and how it can look, especially my hair is lighter. It's a lot easier if your hair is lighter, if you want to put a little something in there, if you have black hair. Can't he can't have it? It just you know, Reagan never had a gray hair, it's true, but he swore on a Bible that he never dyed it. I don't think I've ever seen anyone with like black, black hair that doesn't have any gray, like when they're 70.
2: Doesn't Howard still talk about he doesn't have any grays? Oh, God.
0: Yeah, but it's no, he's got some grays. He's okay, got, yeah, but he's got the pro coming in and, and dying it. He says he's never dyed it, he swears, he swears he's never, never dyed it. Do you believe that? I mean, it's a guy who talks about how small his dick is. I feel <laughs> yeah. like he's pretty open.
2: Like it, it, that'd be a weird thing to lie about. But remember, this
1: here's the thing: <laughs> once he started dating uh, Beth, his ego th- it, it changed, right? Yeah. And he wasn't old enough to worry about gray. When he was with his ex
0: wife. So it does feel like since then, maybe it's a little different. Yeah, but you can tell it's like it's lightening up. It's not as dark as it used to be. But that's what a pro's gonna do. Sure. sure. They're not gonna make it look like a natural, like dyed in ink. Plus, like technology nowadays, they got shampoos for a lot of stuff. You don't even have to go to a salon. They have color keeping shampoos and whatnot. No, but but hold on. The color
1: keeping shampoos is if you have a color job done, it will keep, it won't like rinse it out. It's not, you know, like if a woman, or, or whatever, if a guy, I mean, I'm sure Fez uses, wouldn't it be funny if he just used some, like, hardcore shampoo and just over his
0: Well, if he came in with, like, the Rudy Giuliani instead of <laughs> coming down his
1: forehead. <laughs> but but I, I got to tell you something is, to me, well, I mean, back to Howard for a second, he got plastic surgery, right? He, I mean, that was the big, remember when they went to Sirius and it was, like, it was the secret show and everyone had to tell a secret, like, the first episode, And his secret was he got plastic surgery.
2: What kind of surgery?
1: I can't remember. Was it his nose a little bit, maybe? You want to look that up?
0: Um, He had liposuction underneath the chin. Okay. Yeah. That's it? I think that's what it says. Huh, okay. 2006, he admitted he had cosmetic surgery.
1: Exactly, yeah. You guys are supposed to be fans of this show. I
2: haven't listened in a while.
0: Scott this listens was every day. This
2: 2006. Still. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. I don't have the memory you have. You remember <laughs> that's everything. Be, that's
0: before my uh, hardcore listening. Except I can't. I can't remember like quarterbacks' names. But I, I like. know. It's,
2: it's. I mean, you remember. So you'll be like, you remember that movie? And then you'll get like right after this happened. I'm like, I don't know how you possibly remember that. <laughs> but you do sometimes with games. You're like, yeah. I, you, we'll talk about a game from three years ago, and you're like, oh yep, I remember that they won by three. And I, you and Fez both have this recall of games that. It's fascinating to
1: what, me. What, what I do that sh- is shocking is I'll watch a TV show I haven't seen for 20, 25 years, like an episode of Dallas, which I used to you know love and watch, and I've probably seen it seven or eight times over the years, but it's been 10, 20 years, and I'll know exactly— like in the in the middle of the episode, there'll be a beat where they stop and I'll know exactly what they're going to say. And it's like, I never thought of it since, but it's like there's something, that, there is something verbally that, that the patterns make sense to me. Yeah. But that's why I can't stand people that aren't good. Like I was watching YouTube videos on AI just trying to keep up. And there was one guy that was so bad. I was like I was almost like he could be telling me next day's lottery numbers I don't want to
0: listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: so speaking of the next day's lottery numbers, let's start with the Jimmy G story. It is kind of fun the idea that he is enhancing his performance but he played so poorly, more <laughs> interceptions than touchdowns. But the rumor is, rumor, mm-hmm.
0: allegedly It's Adderall. Yeah, that's what the assumption is Mm -hmm. across the NFL landscape because (laughs) the report is is that, The violation is related to using a prescribed medication without having the NFL's what they call therapeutic use exemption. And this has happened before with other players that tested positive for Adderall, where it was prescribed by a doctor, whether it was for ADHD or for other purposes, and the NFL didn't know about it or never approved it. And so those players served suspensions. The fact that it's just two games makes me think that that's what it is.
1: You know what this reminds me of? If you don't mind, A.J., look up. The Steelers had a big tight end. I mean, this dude was like 6'6 and ran like a 4'5 maybe seven or eight years ago that got an Adderall suspension, and he ended up getting out of the league. And he was one—I just want to see his—he was one of the most athletically gifted players I've ever seen. And it's so funny. The thing we don't understand, I think enough, is how if you're not an A person, if you're a roster filler, mm-hmm. there's so much that's either luck or it's one mistake, one mistake, and they don't want to bother with you anymore. Because, you know, it's replaceable, right? If if there's a Subway sandwich shop that you that's across the street and you see the guy doesn't wash his hands, right— do you go to the now? If there's no other subway in town and you love subway, maybe you go in and try to say, "Hey, wash your hands." But but if there's another one right across the street,
2: you just go to that one. It does feel like a guy. Like, did, did you his name pop? No, I, Google's not working for me. <laughs> I, it's like this. It says this site can't be reached. Google can't be reached. That's crazy. Uh, Steelers. Wesley Saunders. Yeah, that
1: sounds right. Like pull up his like stats. Like not his stats, but his uh like his is. Uh, if we can get his like uh 65254 yeah and this dude i mean what did he run in the combine if you can find it and it's so i mean they they were like they were like bringing him along it was like a project and then he got that one you know he, he, adderall and boom never play, i don't think he ever played again he uh
2: ended up playing for the colts it looks like Oh,
1: and, I remember they did take but it was like three or four games, right?
2: Uh no, he played for the Colts for uh for three seasons. Oh, and, wow. and then he went to the Birmingham Iron of the Alliance of American Football, which I think was Fez's expert league, <laughs> if you remember. It,
0: it, it says here he had a combine nightmare from broken bones to botched paperwork. Everything went wrong for Wesley Saunders during his NFL combine. Jeez.
1: That 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 goes I mean, it sounds like Herbert's combine. <laughs> <laughs> But wouldn't it be funny if he said, but he did better in the interviews than her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: maybe,
0: that's why, maybe that's why he started taking of men. Couldn't fill out the paperwork.
1: So Jimmy G's going to be a good backup, or, or at least a, I think he'll be a good backup. I also think he'll be a, a in-demand backup. It does open the – I mean, he probably 95% won't be with the Raiders. There is a huge question mark, and we'll be getting into the draft here soon. Who's the quarterback for the Raiders? Because – Last year's rookie,
0: not good. No. Not good. I mean, like, bad. I would think that they would be in the market to draft one. Um, There's too many teams. I thought about the Justin Fields aspect of it because the, the Bears' offensive coordinator is now the new Raiders' offensive coordinator. So I thought maybe that there was something that they okay, would, okay. Know, Luke, Luke uh-huh. I thought maybe that there was something there that but
1: could... d- d- does Justin Fields seem like someone that if he's at a distance you can talk yourself into or yeah. someone that with intimacy you you respect and appreciate more? I think the distance works. Mm-hmm. Raiders have the 13th pick. Yeah, I don't. It's going to be hard to get. Well, see, that's the question. Is a lot of people. And again, here's the thing about the draft you got to understand. And this doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's just true. Most coaches, head coaches, have a say, and so do other people who are focused on the season during the season. A scout is focused on the draft all through the season, right? But the head coach, you think Tomlin's watching tape? After week 13 uh, of college players? No. no. So, what happens is the, the year ends, the combine happens, and then these coaches start watching tape. And, uh, you know, VPs that have a say or whatever start watching tape. And then you see all these changes, and people think, oh, look, he's darting up the draft board. Well, yeah, but it's driven by the new voices in the room, right? So, if you see someone that was supposed to go end of the first that go, is now projected to go 12th, it means the new voices were a fan, right? And they thought, this guy's good. They they were behind. And if it goes the other way, it's the other conversation. It's not so much the people that's been watching them the whole time reconsidered. It's the new voices. Does that resonate?
0: Yeah. Do you, for the, From a Raiders perspective, though, do you think that they, because they just hired Antonio Pierce, right, they're not going to fire him after year one? Well, yeah, Raiders have a history. Yeah, I, of- I, well, I don't think they're going <laughs> to do that. Are they more inclined to... Get, have a stopgap measure or draft a quarterback and allow them to develop rather than throwing into the fire or maybe giving Aiden O'Connell more time to develop. And, and what I mean by stopgap is signing somebody to, to start, whether it's like Jacoby Brissett or, uh, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater type, you know, like somebody like that that can, step in, that can step in and be the starting quarterback for a year without committing to the future.
1: I think that if anyone, any team that needs a quarterback thinks that the guy is there that they want, they're gonna take him. The question is, are you gonna overreach? And I think you're probably right that they won't overreach out of desperation. But here's but here's the last question I have quickly is the when's the last time the Raiders were winning big? So to some degree, they've made the playoffs or they made the playoffs a couple of years ago in a fluky way, mm-hmm. but it was one and done. You just gotta wonder. It's like how many more kind of you know semi rebuilds does
2: Vegas does the fans want to endure? Mm-hmm. Raiders haven't gone to the playoffs in back to back years since o one o two.
1: Well, they, I think they've only gone to the playoffs like two times since o one o two. Right? Uh, yep, two
2: times. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the odds are they're going to be back to back. Yeah. No, I mean
2: that's bad. So and that's when they they lost a the Super Bowl. So that's the, the mm-hmm. you know that's Gan-
1: we're talking Rich, Rich Gannon. Gannon. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now. It goes to show you, though, the Raiders hadn't made the playoffs since, what, 2003 or whatever when they made it a couple years ago? No, Uh, it
2: was 2016.
1: Yeah, 2016. Oh, so twice then because they made it the year that Carr got hurt his rookie or second year when he he was having a really good year, and then he got hurt, and then they had to have a backup in the playoffs. I remember that now. Um, All right. Well, that changes my conversation. The point I was going to make is after so long you would think just making the playoffs would excite people, but if you if you're like the Steelers this year that made or Steelers a couple times in the last few years, make it, but there's no sense they have any chance to win anything. Fans don't really care. Like look at the Bears. The Bears made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, twice under and I always forget his name, the Kansas City coach. Uh, Matt Nagy. Yeah, Nagy. Is they made it twice? Mm-hmm. And still, they
0: were ready, but it was like nine and eight or eight and eight. What? Eight and eight, they made the playoffs in twenty twenty, and they were twelve and four in uh, Nagy's first year and made the and lost in the wild card.
1: Just think about that. So twelve and four, mm-hmm. then the third year they make the playoffs, and they couldn't wait to get him out of town.
0: Yeah. He only got one more year after that. So yeah. think about that. He made the playoffs. The following year goes six and eleven and is fired.
1: And and the, he was almost gonna get fired. Like if he didn't make the playoffs that, that yeah, year, yeah, they yeah. were gonna yeah. fire him. So it's like there's I don't know what causes that. And then uh, like then you hear people Well Mitch
0: Trubisky caused it. <laughs> no, but if anything,
1: Trubisky, he yeah. didn't choose Trubisky, right? I mean if in he inherited Trubisky. Yeah. yeah. So so now you're figuring here's a bust the Steelers are even cutting loose of as a backup. Mm-hmm. And the fact he made the playoffs twice with them.
2: Yeah, it does say a lot. <laughs> I mean, when I was covering the Texans, it was the Texans won like four out of five years. They made the playoffs, and you were saying he wasn't a good coach. But 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 you know what? Maybe it's like me. What you're saying because it felt like they never had a chance to do anything other than just be there.
1: But here's the thing, AJ. You've never had a team that had a chance. You had the Bills. So was four Super Bowls in a row. Weren't
2: you used to it? Four Super Bowls in a row. 30 years ago.
1: But they 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 didn't have a chance. No
2: other team's done it.
1: Against the Giants, they didn't even have a chance. (laughs) They
0: did. They they lost by one point. Wide right. (laughs) Well, that's me. I I was talking about this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um. So (laughs) –
1: if we think about this as a game of musical and if you want more of that repartee straight out of Vegas AM and I love it I want less of it (laughs) I I know but (laughs) you go asshole It sounded like like Deputy Dog or something (laughs) you're asshole (laughs) right. so I think the thing to think about with the quarterbacks is musical chairs there's only so many viable who knows right could be a third rounder that's good but Viable quarterbacks, and other than Kirk Cousins, I mean, what's the free agent market look like?
2: Thin. Ryan Tannehill. Thin. Joe Flacco. Well, I got to be
1: honest (laughs) with you. I I mean, for you want to talk about stopgap for the Raider, Flacco is fifty times better last year. I mean, first of all, the fact that he somehow won the Comeback Player of the Year against Hamlin tells Hmm. you how good he
0: was. So, quarterbacks got Cousins, Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Trubisky. Tyrod Taylor, Mariota, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Baker, but Baker's going to sign with the, we mm-hmm. already know that. Um, well, yeah, likely. Yeah. Minshew. And uh, Minshew is, read that list one more time quickly. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill.
1: Right, Jacoby, I'm thinking, is Minshew going to be second on this? Go ahead. Jacoby Brissett. Ooh, that's close, but I still go Minshew.
0: Trubisky. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Mariota. Yeah. Sam Darnold. Ooh. Drew Locke. Ooh. Baker. Uh-huh. No, Gar- he's, he's, We're not going to include Baker. Yeah. Gardner Minshew uh-huh. uh, mentioned. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh-huh. Tyler Huntley.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Flacco. Dobbs. Ooh, now that's
2: interesting. Minshew or Flacco? Josh Dobbs. Uh-huh. CBS Sports ranked the top 10 free agent quarterbacks this season. Read it in order. Number one. Quickly. Uh, number one, Kirk Cousins. Number two. You don't do
1: Casey Kasem?
2: You want me to do it that way?
1: Well, now you've already now done one, wounded. though. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I,
2: Number two, Baker. Number three, Ryan Tannehill.
1: So, Cousins over Baker. I accept that. Three, Tannehill. I'm not sure about that guy. Number four, Minshew. Uh, I disagree. I put Tannehill below him. Number five, Brissett. I agree with that. Number six, Wince. <laughs> <laughs> no, I – you know, listen, on the field – Again, go back to that coach year. I would, and he played well when he played the one game. If if the locker room thing is t- covered, I I like him more in Uh Number seven, Winston. Well, let's think about this. He's the second best quarterback in that group. If you take Baker out, it's only behind Cousins. I mean, think about it. If as far you, as upside goes, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at his last full, I mean, I guess again, Washington seemed to have no one could perform there. It seems. Now, what is the story? Now, he's not on the—he might be on the market, but the quarterback—what was it, Howe from Washington? Sam Howe. I got to be—I'm going to make a prediction. What date? What's the date? It's the 22nd 22nd. of February. I have a premonition. Howe is going to have a career similar to Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. Really? That's what I'm predicting.
2: They're like the opposite of players.
1: Well, how so?
2: Like Fitzpatrick is a uh, gunslinger. Uh, yeah, but he's not a uh, he's not a mistake maker. He's no, like, he
1: is a mistake. I mean, if you look at it, he's always had more. Inter- Just because he went to Harvard, you're confused about maybe. that. I mean, if you look at his interception counts, it's like he is like a, a slinger. Wouldn't you agree, Scott? Yeah, yeah. So I agree. He comes across otherwise, but he's he's feast or famine, or he was. Remember, he was retired for like a year and a
2: half, and Festo had him number fourteen in mm-hmm. his quarterback ratings. Oh, Christ, he had twenty-three <laughs> interceptions one year. Yeah, he's like Winston. Him and Winston. Jeez, yeah. With for Buffalo, he had twenty-three interceptions. One... You should have remembered I that. The, Six and ten. It all blurs together. Yeah, yeah. a lot of <laughs> but, shitty quarterbacks.
1: But here's the interesting part to me. So I think they're similar. I think that's his career. He probably goes to four or five teams, but he's gonna. I think he's better than Minshew. I, I, not right this second, but he will be. That's my prediction. Oh, I could see that because I tell he's you, he's got a lot of tools for if, sure. If you read, if you read about week ten, it was like they got a quarterback. That was the narrative out there. They got a, and then the O line went to crap. He was getting sacked like crazy, and then it was like a couple interceptions, and all of a sudden he's horrible. I don't think so.
2: Winston, then Flacco. Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, and Drew Locke is 10. Oh. Well, having Flacco,
1: first of all, if you're picking up a free agent, you don't, you're not worried about longevity. Yeah. So the idea that
2: Flacco is like seven or eight nullifies the validity of that list. I don't disagree. I mean, because just for one year, would you rather, ha- like right now, would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco? I think it's Joe Flacco. Well, that one's close, but I mean, the co- read the couple people ha- ahead of Flacco. Uh, Wentz, Winston, and then Flacco's eighth. All right, but how about right before that? Uh, Winston West. Set was five, yeah. Minshew, four, Tannehill, three. I'm not sure Tannehill shouldn't be eight or nine. I mean, what? Yeah, I we agree. Nothing... Joe Flacco was better last year than Ryan Tannehill.
1: Oh, he was better than Tannehill probably in his best year, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. But, but yeah. And, and I don't think that Houston game invalidated the year. There, there was one bad interception and, and another was kind of fluky, and that was it. I mean, you're going to throw some interceptions. All right, especially if you're Joe Flacco. I just want him to – I almost want him to make the Hall of Fame, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well,
0: if he wins one more Super Bowl. Uh, I one more injured. MVP. All yeah.
1: right, so can, let's keep going with the topics. By the way, we're going to be doing a college basketball primer, kind of a catch-up. It's like, oh, you missed – some of you guys have missed the class, and now we're coming towards the final exams. Well, we're going to tutor you, or at least AJ is. I didn't know. I don't know what's going on. I thought Dean Smith is he still at North Carolina? No, he's no? retired.
2: Believe it or not. Dean Smith? Yeah. Well, at least Coach K is still there. No, also retired. Bobby Knight. Also retired. Also dead. Oh. He his blood. Dean pre- Smith too. I, I mean, <laughs> Coach K is still alive, though, as far as I know. It is funny how,
1: in, this transfer portal, the uh, payment of the players. It does feel like we've lost. I mean, you think about it. Saban; he makes the playoffs and he leaves. Coach mm-hmm. K still, you know, still was what top five Probably, program. Yeah. He leaves. I'm not saying that that they're not going to retire at some point. It does seem coincidental, though. And then you got like Boston College coach going, Co- yeah. you know, to be a, be a coordinator. The yeah. World. So, I mean. Would you say in hindsight people regret the direction that college sports has gone? Meaning the decision makers. Sure, but it was I I don't think they could have stopped it. Well they could have they I mean the Supreme Court made a decision, but they there's a lot of ways they could have framed it that would have passed would have been in um in accordance with that ruling.
2: I, I think the, the NIL stuff was inevitable. I think what they do regret is letting the transfer situation be so loose, like letting guys transfer multiple but they just, times. But they just
1: ramped that up. Yeah. It, w- it was one time, one addition, right? And then just in the last, what, year? Yep. So how, it doesn't seem like they regretted that. Oh, well, I think they do regret it. They regret it now just in the last year. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing I heard. Why not
0: make the NIL be a contract that has to be submitted. See, I enjoy that. And then say you have to stay with the program for X amount of years.
1: I'm not even sure about that. But what I'm hearing is, and tell me if you guys agree with this, a lot of these NILs are just BS. They'll say, we're going to pay you X, Y, Z, whatever, and then they just don't pay it. The guy doesn't play as well. and they, You know, something that's changed. And what's a kid, I mean, I hear... Like, it's a recourse. I think that... um. Who's the guy that's on Rosillo that he writes the quarterback? He wrote the quarterback book. He's like one of the real best writers in college football. Uh, Not Joel Klatt, but the. um, Who's the main main writers in college football? College football expert AJ? I don't know. Stuart Mandel? No, keep going. You don't know who the big writers are in college football?
2: No, I don't know who's considered the big ones.
1: Well, the guys that have books on the New York Times bestseller. Uh, Bruce Feldman? That's it. Okay. You know what's funny? Years ago, like 10-plus years ago, Feldman was retweeting my stuff all the time. He was the only guy, every time he retweeted it, he'd reach out by DM and say, what's your source on this? Like He was so conscientious mm-hmm. about even retweets, which in theory, from gambling, you'd think, oh, people are just going to go wild yeah. with it. He literally... I mean, like the only publication that ever did that amount of background was the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Literally, even the Wall Street Journal would never, like, you know, they, they'd get a press release and write an article about it or whatever, right? New York Times, anytime they would do anything, they'd call up and get you on the phone and say, can you verify this, can you verify that? Bruce Feldman was the second most conscientious New York Times <laughs> than Bruce Feldman. So, I mean, again, I, I, I think he didn't want to get caught doing something, you know, wrong, meaning, meaning incorrect. And, again, he's done very well. But he was on Russillo's saying he thinks it's about twenty percent of the NILs go the way that they're claimed to go and eighty don't. Mm. So if that's true, and I, I think he's again conscientious about the truth, just by having the contracts have to be somehow submitted and then be enforced because they've been submitted would I think diminish this greatly if there is so much fraud going on, which would then diminish the incentive to leave. Because yeah. it's it's a big pot of gold that isn't going to be there most of the time. All right, I just solved college football. And I, I mean, yeah. pa- pass that to the authorities. I'll let them know. <laughs> All right, what, Scott, what's the next biggest story you think in the
0: NFL? I would say uh, quarterback carousel, meaning where is Russell Wilson going to end up? Where's Justin Fields going to end up? So Wilson wasn't on that list, but we know he's probably on the way out of yes. Denver. Okay. Yes. And there are odds out there. Right now, uh, Bet Online has. The next team for Russell Wilson, the favorite at minus 200, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, on his podcast said, quote, a little birdie told him that Russell Wilson is going to be a Steeler. I don't
1: like the sound of that. (laughs) I mean, I guess Denver's going to be paying. I mean, I don't know how the money would go. They'd have to pay a large amount of it. Here's the question on that list. Take out Baker Mayfield and, and, and put in Russell Wilson. Where's he at on the list? Number one. No, Kirk Cousins is better than Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins is better than Russell Wilson. Healthy, yeah, coming off true. the Achilles. That's true. So you put Russell Wilson first.
2: I think I'd still put Kirk Cousins first. But, but Wilson's second. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: He's getting a year older. <laughs> Sluggish. Logie. Would you rather have Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield? Oh, I'd rather Baker Mayfield, just because Baker's uh, Baker was loved in Cleveland. It's kind of funny how, in hindsight, we don't think. I mean, you agree with that? I mean, he,
2: yeah, team, Baker kind of got a raw deal because of the Deshaun because Deshaun Watson became. Well, available. he got
1: a raw deal because he played through like tough as nails. He had like a harness
0: on playing. Yeah, yeah. and that, he's yeah. going to sign. It's going to be at least a four year deal. He's going to sign with Tampa. You think?: yeah, yeah. Well, there was rumors around the Super Bowl that uh, there was a conversation caught on an open mic, where he was speaking to somebody, and he was talking about, like, planting roots like mm. in the conversation maybe he
1: was smart enough to have that open mic be, yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah. on purpose it was
0: like in the background of like gronk talking with like k adams or something but and, they could and, set
1: that up think about it.
0: baker's like in the background talking with somebody he's like yeah i love it there you know it's it's gonna be nice to set roots or something like he that.
1: was the number one pick i mean those, i mean i'm not saying that means he has the tools the question is you know i again I don't think it's a debate. He, Baker Mayfield is better than Deshaun Watson at this point.
2: It's not even close. Yeah. So I mean, I guess he's just laughing and laughing. Even when Cleveland thought they finally got it right, they got it wrong. And <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that is a cursed quarterback franchise. And
1: and let's not forget how much that, how much Deshaun Watson's been injured. Even, I mean, he got hurt his rookie year. You mm-hmm. probably remember he got, he started out like he didn't start to like week six or something. And then, if I remember, and then he went crazy, like was running for 150 yards. I mean, he was, and then boom, the knee, right?
2: Yeah. Like, what, week 14. Well, he started, he, Did well, he, he started week one. No, they, uh, it was Brian Hoyer because mm-hmm. they acted like it, he, Bill O'Brien was like, oh, I, I gotta go with who I trust. And mm-hmm. it, he started Brian Hoyer week one. And at halftime, he put Deshaun in. Oh, it was that, that early? Everyone okay. knew that like he, he should have. Deshaun should have been the guy anyway. And it took one half, and Bill O'Brien was like, "All right, I was full of shit. It's him."
1: Well,
2: I and mean, that is quick.
1: Did they win that game?
2: <laughs> uh, I think so. And what did he get hurt though? Like in eight,
1: he only played like eight or yeah, so. Yeah, he
2: again. got hurt midway through the season.
1: So he got hurt there. He got hurt last year. I mean, and plus he's got like four knee injuries now. Those tend to get worse, you know. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, your NFL career is yeah, over. Still, I'm done. <laughs> the dream is dead. <laughs> You're not going to be in the movies. Nope. You're not going <laughs> All right. We are the dream preview. AJ Hoffman. He, he, I knew him for two years and he told me he wanted to be a comedian. Never heard of a funny thing. <laughs> Scott Seidenberg. Faz back next week, taking a well deserved week off, a staycation, apparently.
2: You got all these Caesar's points. What's he gonna oh do? My gosh!
1: And then if, if that fails, just sit by the high stakes machines, and act yeah, like you're playing. Yeah, get a free just drink. Like, just pan, pantomime it. Just go <laughs> like that and make the noise. Kind of, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Like, like like sour shoes. We yeah. can do that. <laughs> all right. Next story. What do you got, AJ?
2: Uh, I, mine was kind of related. It was the quarterbacks thing, oh but God. mine's the draftable quarterbacks. And the, the latest mock draft that came out for NFL.com, four quarterbacks in the top eight picks, which, I mean, obviously that means there's a lot of teams unhappy with their situation. So who, who's the four? Uh, it's K- uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and J.J. McCarthy. All
1: right, so that's the LSU quarterback and the Michigan quarterback? Yes. So the the Washington quarterback isn't on that list?
2: No, Michael Penix.
1: But he, he probably played – I mean, is it fair to say he was the best college player?
2: He was one of them. Yeah, Jane, Jane Daniels, Daniels won the Heisman, yeah. but a lot of people thought Michael Pinnock should have won the Heisman.
1: Yeah, okay. But uh, the best college passer then? Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what are the cons- – I mean, what, injury concerns yes. with Pinnock. Yep. And what was he? He was at a Big Ten school first, in- right? Indiana, yeah. Okay. So it's just in- – in- but that's it, just injury concerns.
0: Yeah, he blew out the knee, right, or whatever, yeah. When he was, and he was a running quarterback before he got hurt, and then he completely changed his game.
1: Well, I mean, here's a concept that you're going to be hearing again and again and again, hopefully not here, you know, being rep with repetition, but the defense, the NFL is so advanced at this point. If you can't run when you're trying to learn the game, the theory is you got to run in year one, year two, a little less, year three, by year four, you're there, right? Year mm-hmm. three, even. But the Tom Brady's of the world, you know, even the the Jared Goff's of the world are held in less esteem now because it's so hard to just be a pure passer and not have that bridge that your feet give you as a quarterback. I think it makes a lot of point. So if he's injured and it hurts his mobility, now all of a sudden it's a steeper hill, a steeper hill to climb to get to the point of year four or year yeah. three. I
0: mean, he's by most mocks he's the fifth quarterback. Being taken in the draft, okay, but and he's, he's probably tor- not a first round. He's torn his ACL twice, and he's also twenty
2: four years old.
1: Yeah, see that to me. The question is, are you dream? I'm like, how many times do you draft someone and they play till they're thirty eight? Mm-hmm. Right. Rare. So your theory is you might have two, a year and a half or two last years at that. Point. I, it's not my theory. No, it's no. Just but, the- but, but here's where I think. The youth, and, the, and I listen to a lot of draft stuff, so, I mean, this is just regurgitated, you know, from best practices or or consensus, is if a guy can perform at a young age, so he's a running back, and let's say he started as a freshman, and then he has a good sophomore year, good junior year, now, yeah, you get more time with him, in theory, at least in, with running backs, till they're 27 or 28, right? But it's also, he was able to dominate, As a kid, against men, against people that were maybe not men, but a couple years older, right?
2: So Adrian Peterson's like the guy. Like people, people said Adrian Peterson, as a freshman in college, could have played in the NFL. And And that,
1: yeah, that's a good point. And 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 those are the examples of saying, okay, physically they didn't, they had a disadvantage at least age wise, and they still dominated. Now the opposite is if you're a D end or something, and you're 24, now you're a man. And you're playing against boys, and those that performance doesn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much a lack of time; it's more what was the context of their performance in college. At quarterback, I don't really see it. It's not a physical. I mean, it's physical, but it's not like super yeah. stri- So to me, yeah, if you had a little bit more time and learned, learned how to, uh, you know, uh, dissect the defense, whatever. To me, I'm just happy the guy's learning. Right, so in a weird way, I don't see any like young. Let's think about it. who's been the biggest bust. Quarterbacks had one year; they were young, and you know, after like the third year, they get drafted. All out, right, Sam Darnold, and it doesn't feel like that works near as much. It's Trubisky, yeah, yeah, and it, that's partially to not having enough proof of their performance because it's just the one year. I don't think that. I mean, in fact, let's think about it. It wasn't like Brady. I mean, let's think of the best quarterbacks of the last twenty years. Which one of them came into the league really young? You know, like, like you know, off a third year kind of thing. I would say none of them, right? I mean, Peyton Manning waited. Yep. Nothing jumps out at me. It certainly is more pedigreed length of snap, or number of snap quarterbacks. So that doesn't bother. Now, listen, the one guy that Detroit drafted,
2: right, this year, Hendon Hooker, uh, he came off and he had an ACL right his his last year of college.
1: No, but was that something where he had multiple injuries on that? No. knee? Okay, so again, Detroit pretty smart. It seems that these these days drafting the quarterbacks are playing later. Now, listen, you look at Russell Wilson. As much as Brady at forty four wasn't old, you know, obviously Russell Wilson is breaking down or at least slowing down a little bit. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying the years aren't good, but the question is, how much of the college performance is it's just a different kind of offense that isn't going to be able to be replicated in the NFL? That's often the case with like the um, run and shoot style or the um, air raid style stuff. But, the, but then, the, if it's that, I'm worried. I, I don't want to get like the Heisman Trophy winner that isn't ready for the pros or isn't going to be ready for the pros. But if it's just an age issue and one injury, Unless there's something debilitating about that injury, I'd rather take a shot in the third round or even, you know, let's say a guy that would be – I mean, if you had a bet right now, Pennix, does he go in the first? I would make a major – I don't even know what the odds are. I would bet he does. I think someone's going to think late in the first, take a chance on him. He seems like the kind of guy to take a chance
2: I, th- I think, yeah, somebody will. In the trail especially line, because those, the first four quarterbacks are going to go so fast – I mean, there's so many teams that need one. Somebody will trade up. Some somebody will want that. They'll want that extra year. So yeah, I, th- I think he'll go.
1: I hear serious draft people say there's only two first round quarterbacks here. So not saying that's what's going to happen, but saying they're grades
2: coming into the year. That was kind of the 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 thought process. And Jaden Daniels had the year he had. He moved into the conversation. I think I think most people thought J.J. McCarthy wasn't going to come out this year. And now he's like a top 10 prospect. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm lower on the two guys that w- probably have first-round grades than I was coming into this season. Like, both of them, their stock went down this season. Okay. So you both of them. Yeah. Okay. Caleb well, Williams' stock definitely went down this year. Now,
1: how much of it is touchy-feeling narrative stuff? Like, oh, he yeah. wrote something on his
0: fingernails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of that.
1: But, but there's a lot of that going around. The question is, with AJ, for example, or the serious draft people, how much is that the influence? And Because I mean, he's still a big favorite to go number one. Yes, is, is that the case? I mean, obviously a stat. I mean, what is the cause of your downgrade on Williams?
2: A lot of it is what you're talking about, but a lot of it was statistically he just wasn't as good this season. Um, so, but I do, I do think like him not. Not being a leader, like that, that kind of worries me. Like the, this, the, I mean, you talk about, you make fun of Justin Herbert a lot about, is this a guy you want leading your team? Some of the behavior, that yeah, Cale, that
1: seem like you don't care about leadership. Some of,
2: the, some of the behavior that he displayed when things went bad at USC this year makes me go, Oof, is that, is that the kind of guy you want?
1: Yeah, I just think I know they get paid millions, so it, you know they can deal with it. But it's so I would not at 20 years old or whatever he is, I would not have wanted to be. Judged, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. let's think about you, uh, when in the service when you were, uh, you know, a few nights when you were 20.
2: But you know what? How often is it does it tell you what's gonna like Johnny Manziel? You could say, Well, I don't want to judge these guys when they're in college. Well, Johnny Manziel was the same guy when he got out of college. Yeah. Well, we it's,
1: it's it's different <laughs> if if something is an exception. I mean, if you judge a person on their worst night, and that's what's sad if there is a true crime committed. If it's a murder, your worst night affects your whole life. Not only affects it, it destroys your life. But if it's a kid who, you know, uh, got a little upset, who knows what, having trouble at home, his dad's overbearing. It seems I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I generally am a skeptic of the next big thing, so I'm. I'm not like really a fan. But it does feel like there's a lot of like almost like culture wars going on about is he old
0: school, you know, versus is he new age. I don't know. I think it's coach dependent on, you know, what the NFL coach's philosophy is. Um, remember the Parcells rules, mm-hmm. right? The Parcells rules for drafting a quarterback. Three-year starter, senior in college, graduated, started 30 games, one twenty three, and two-to-one touchdown interception ratio, completed 60% of passes thrown. There's one guy in this draft that Michael qualifies. Michael Penix. No. Bo Nix. Oh, okay. Hmm. Who was – who's a Parcells disciple that's now a head coach in the market for a quarterback? Sean Payton. Ooh. Bo like, Nix to the Denver Broncos. In
1: the first round?
0: No, probably in the second round, maybe third round.
1: Well, what's where's Nick supposed to go? Let's see. Now, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Bo Nix draft.
1: I wonder so. if there's any place where, like, with something – I mean – That'd be great if you could bet like a twenty to one or whatever, like the exact you know slot that someone go. I haven't seen that. I mean, first, second, third picks, yeah.
0: Colby uh, would say first round, mid to late first round. Okay, so the pick would be all right. So that's interesting. Let's see if there's odds on Nick's. Yeah,
1: that's interesting because there's a couple ways to get at that. You could have like five quarterbacks in the first, if if he'd be the fifth, right? And you could bet his over under. You know, wherever Denver is, that's interesting. Yeah. All
0: right. Justin Fields. Now he's not on that list. Where's he go on the list? By the way, Bo Nix, the odds up on DraftKings to be selected by which team? Broncos are the favorite, plus three fifty.
1: Damn, he just looked at the odds and said, Hey, I
0: got a theory. I, <laughs> no, I just saw the odds now. Uh, you admitted it. But
2: I but would still pl- I, would, I, would, I
0: would still play it at plus three fifty. Wow. It feels like,
2: I mean, I think two weeks ago on the pod, we talked about uh, this and he, he it was Fields to the Steelers was the big rumor. Mm-hmm. That seems to have died down a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Russell but Wilson and Fields,
2: maybe. I, I don't know what this, I mean, it, it seems like the, the Bears are going to move on from him, but Bears fans are so adamant about this. Like There is a lot of that support. There is a big pushback from the fan base. And I don't know if the Bears are the kind of franchise who can just say, you guys just shut up. Like, we're
0: going to do what we think is right because they, they don't have a history of doing the right thing. But, That's true. That's but true. from a franchise standpoint, and RJ, you talk about the lottery ticket aspect all the time. You know what you have in Justin Fields? Caleb Williams is unscratched. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Isn't that better for you to have? Well, here's the question.
1: And my story was going to be a conversation about the Saints and how they just um, did a restructure and it's like they saved $8 million, but I think it was with their center. And it's like, think about the Saints. If you're a fan of the Saints and you are asked, how much have the Saints tried to win? The answer has to be the most that any team could try. They spend a bunch of money, like like cash flow money. Mm -hmm. They do restructuring, which means commitment to guys maybe they don't want to make commitments to. And still it's to maybe make the playoffs ever since Breeze. Before it was maybe win a title, right? But they didn't say, we'll take a year or two off. Even the Rams, who did well and made the playoffs, they financially got themselves straight last year. Saints said, no, we want to max our chances every yep. year. But to some degree, doing that minimizes your chance of winning the Super Bowl. And as a fan, as a Jets fan, for example, Scott, you've got a, maybe a biased opinion because you haven't made the playoffs since Mm-mm. Moses was in short pants, as they say. But, but would you rather the Jets have a chance at the Super Bowl every fourth year Or would you rather them make the playoffs three out of four years but not have that real chance at the Super Bowl?
0: I think uh, from my perspective as a Jets fan, I'd like them to be in the playoffs every year because I've never experienced that. But (laughs) I've I've had this – well, it's been a long time. But I've had this debate on just regular sports radio for years is that if you had the choice of one championship and then nine years of complete mediocrity – or ten or ten consecutive years of perennial powerhouse, but you don't win it. No championships guaranteed. Like or, or say no championships at all. What do you choose? And some fans, it's like I'll do anything to get. I like, guess a Jet fan. I'll do anything to get that one Super Bowl mm-hmm. championship. Mm-hmm. But there's something about a fan base knowing every single year. Your team is competitive. You're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to have, game, you're going to have a yeah. winning season every year. But there is
1: a difference if it feels like you're doing it in a way that hinders your chance. In theory, the, every time you make the playoffs, there's another chance to win the Super Bowl. But it's not really for some – like Pittsburgh has made decisions to stay decent, to keep – I don't think, especially for the Tomlin thing, but to keep Tomlin with a winning record. But they've minimized the chance – Of winning a Super Bowl because they haven't allowed themselves to rebuild. But would you rather rather
2: have the last 10 years
0: of the Steelers or the last 10 years of the Rams? That's the question. Yes. Well. Because I'm trying to find a team that won one title. But the Rams have been relevant besides that. But
1: Pittsburgh is different. The Jets and Pittsburgh are actually, if you think about it, on two different ends of the
0: spectrum. would Would you rather have the last, let's call it six, all of Josh Allen's tenure with the Buffalo Bills or the same time span with the Rams, what would you rather have?
1: Well, I would certainly not want the Bills just because it's been heartbreaking. I mean, like I think in hindsight, we're going to look back to that 13 seconds and
0: say yeah. that broke that team. But I'm trying to give mean, an yeah, example of a team that's in seconds. it. I'm trying or to give, <laughs> trying to give an example of a team that's in it every year. Yeah, no, I understand. I and understand. is a favorite every year. Yeah. Well, and, that, versus a team that won one one title.
1: With Pittsburghs, I'm a ring counter, so I probably would rather just have the ring. But if I'm engaged, like I am. So, like, I to me, and I'm telling you, when Pittsburgh plays Steeler football, I mean, it sounds goofy. I don't—I'd rather them go 9-8 and playing Steeler football than doing something else. Like, to me, the last couple years with Big Ben before he got hurt was some of the biggest waste I've ever seen. I mean, this team never made a Super Bowl after uh, 12, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think it was 12 against Green Bay. And Big Ben was a top three or four quarterback until he got hurt. And they had great defense. Every year they were a top-five team. They never could get—and to me it was because Big Ben didn't put that little extra time in or whatever. Tomlin wasn't as mature. Tomlin's become a better coach. Just, or there was that
0: Brady guy standing in your way. Yeah, but, but
1: I mean, you're supposed to win some of the—I mean, Brady— they, the Steel, or the Patriots went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. That's what people don't realize is they won their— But they, thir-
0: but they went to two in that span.
1: Yeah, they yeah. went to two, yeah. and and then the tenth one was the one they won. So there were seven other Super Bowls to go to, and Pittsburgh went to one of them. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like you, you got to be able to beat Brady sometimes.
0: Yeah, Baltimore did it once.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, a lot. I mean, he only made he only made the Super Bowl half the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's a, I think the the Saints are certainly an example of sacrificing the upside. For a chance or for a likelihood of being good or decent, that's the reason I ask. Is seeing Mahomes the way that he's been, and I would make the case as much as I don't want to say it necessarily, Mahomes is play has had the best first what is it six or seven years yeah. of a career, so. I don't think it's close at this point. I think that's fair. I, I mean, especially with the titles, right? Well, he's gone to the AFC Championship every single
2: year. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: I mean, that he started, not his he started, yeah. yeah. So, to me, the question is, how do you beat him, right? So, the 49ers had – I mean, if Brock, as much as I thought Brock Purdy far exceeded expectations, I think he had the best year last year of the regular season – he wasn't ready. You know, I'm reading a lot now about how they went man-to-man, and his arm strength was an issue, especially when they had got pressure up the middle and he couldn't step into his throws. Mahomes, I would make the case the last two years have been the two— now, listen, this year it's tougher because the defense was good. But I think it was— PA or um, Football Outsiders had something that said, this was like the 17th best Kansas City team like in the Super Bowl era. Right, and and then last year was like the fourteenth. But like, and, and the team that won it the first time was like I think they said six bats. So this was these two years were down years for Kansas City. The team that lost to
2: Tampa was better than.
1: Th- yeah, these, without these last injuries. Two. Yeah, yeah. So the question is, how do you beat that guy? And is there, is Russell Wilson going to do it? No. No. Is Tannehill going to do it? No. Is Pickett going to do it. Is,
2: no. Joe Burrow is the like <laughs> is Justin
1: yeah. Fields going to do it? No. no. So really this answer brings up the point shouldn't almost every team be scratching like once you get to the point of saying this quarterback's upside like look let's look at Tua. Tua is going to be a choice, right? What are they going to do with him, right? He's going in his 5th year, right? They they're going to take his option I think for sure. sure but most times, if you don't sign him before that fifth year,
2: I think you bring up a good point that like how many teams in the AFC, let's just say the AFC, how many teams in the AFC feel like they've got a quarterback that can beat Patrick Mahomes? And it's a very, very short list. It's probably Bengals, Bills, Chargers. And, Ooh, Chargers. <laughs> I mean, they, they feel like, they, I mean, listen, there's a lot wrong with that team, but they feel like they've got their point. Right, I think that's fair. I, I think everybody else is like, oh, maybe the Texans. I mean, it's well, the first Texans. up, Baltimore, obviously. Uh, Baltimore, yep. Yeah. So
1: right. maybe five, six teams. Huh? And and in the NFC, how many teams meet that? <sighs> I mean, Jared Goff, is. He, I think he's a borderline right now.
2: I think Jared Goff's a no.
1: I think he could win it. I, I mean, they almost beat San Fran. I mean, listen, they should have beat San Fran, and San Fran almost beat Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm just, I'm saying he's he's uh, he's at the edge of that list. Okay, I think Cousins was on that list before he hurt himself, mm-hmm. but okay, um, or got hurt. But is, like, I think da- I think Dak is Dak can be Dak could Dak can have as good a game as anyone.
2: Okay, right. So Dak Jalen hurts Jalen hurts. Maybe well, he showed it in the Super he Bowl. He did,
1: but but the only question. You are right. The only if he has a down year this year, party's over. I mean, I think there is a chance the league caught up to him. Is or maybe he was hurt. You know, or the offensive or coordinator, even the coordinator, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt Stafford. I agree. Purdy. I don't know about Stafford now, but he did play well this year. Okay, ah, Purdy.
2: I mean, like you said, they almost beat the Chiefs. I, I mean, they did,
1: but it just feel. But you know what? It feel it feels almost inevitable that they lost that game. It's kind of weird to say, like even was because is Jimmy G on the list?
2: No. God, no. But he was he, he close he or just went, as yeah. close, right. right? Yeah.
1: So those quarter—I told you guys before the Super Bowl, there's something about those lesser quarterbacks that get there, but they can't win. There's yeah. something about that. But let's say Purdy,
2: yes. I think that's the end of the list in the NFC. All
1: right. So what do we got? Like eight, eight. Eight, nine teams. In the, yeah. So there's eight or nine teams with a quarterback that have the quality that can win the Super Bowl. If you don't have that or you don't think it's possible you're going to have it. Cuz Josh Allen after year 2 wasn't on that list. Yeah. But the thing about quarterbacks is rookie year doesn't matter hardly at all. If you do well, it's great, right? All, you know, like like we were saying with Houston. CJ Stroud, yeah. But, but the if the second year has to start getting good by the end of the year and it's rare. Like Josh Allen didn't and that's usually death. It's like, if you're not getting good. And the thing is, Trevor Lawrence was getting good at the end of year and two. And
2: now it seems like he's, he's regressed. And that's, that's why I didn't say him. But, man, what, what a kick in the balls. If you're Jacksonville, you, you had the number one pick. You got the guy that's supposed to be the guy. And now we're not even listing you as a team that feels like you're good enough to, to ever win it. See, that's a, I would have listed
1: him yes after year two. And, and I still think you got to put yes. But, but I tell you this. Name me the quarterbacks that have had a bad year three. That ever became really good. Like Josh Allen even came around by year, year three, three. He was good. Year three, if you're not doing it, you know, I was on I remember with was Darnold after year two, I was on New York Radio saying this guy's not gonna do it. I was what
0: they gonna say, let's wait on Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson
2: was when did he win his MVP? Was it year two? Oh yeah. And then yeah. year three was the regression year?
1: Well, regression relatively, but he still was okay. a top court. I mean, it's not do you drop off at all, it's how how high of a level are you on in okay. the third year? And that's why Trevor Lawrence, I think you can make the case is on that brink of being good enough. Right? But he has to take a step this year. So to me, Justin Fields, you trade but this is what someone's gonna do at a certain point. Keep rolling the dice, keep first round I mean. Look at – I still respect the Cardinals for, um, you know, drafting a quarterback, that Josh Josh Rosen, and then, boom, one year we're going to draft someone else. And, oh, that's interesting. I actually think – Kyler? Yeah, I think he's good enough. If he stays healthy, but there's a big question mark there. But if he's healthy going in the Super Bowl, he can win a game. Okay. All right? So – God, has he even been in a playoff game? Yeah, remember the Rams beat him real bad that one game. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it seems light. I'm just saying you wouldn't say like he's get the off, kind of
2: player who's Yeah, yeah okay. you
1: wouldn't say we gotta get rid of him. Because it's too much to say we need a Mahomes because hardly anyone's gonna the question is do you have a guy that on his best day can beat Mahomes. Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. I don't. But maybe he proves himself there. But it's interesting. it's At most, it's half the league, if not, but it's less
2: than that. On his best day, Deshaun Watson. But does it feel like Deshaun Watson's going to yeah. see any best days? Any, a, any years best years days? Well, you could
1: say Joe Namath, then. Okay. I then. Mean.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that covers the NFL pretty well, right? All right. So here's what we're going to do the rest of the show. We're going to do A.J. talking college basketball. And it's, just, it's a primer, a primer. Someone called a primer. But I'm going with the Jodie Foster pronunciation from contact. Have
2: so, you watched uh the new No, Trina I'm attractive. hearing a lot of bad things about it. I heard a lot of bad things too. I have no I, interest. I, it's better than season two and season three. So I thought never,
1: season two I never watched season three. Season two I thought was pretty good. So actually. season one ben
2: Vaughn. Season one was elite. Yeah. Yes. But season four is I, I think the best one since.
1: Okay. I would make the following case of any one if you say what is the best seasons, meaning a season of TV ever, so you could say Soprano season one, Soprano season two, I would make the case, the two best seasons of TV I've ever seen, and I'm just going off the top of my head right now, but I have given us a lot of thought, is, <laughs> and I don't like this show as much as most people, Breaking Bad, the very last season, is as good as any, I mean, it's when Hank, good. when Hank, you know, mm-hmm. spoiler mm-hmm. alert, et cetera, is, it, I'm not sure TV gets better than that, I think Bring Bad, other than that, isn't near as good as they act like it. I think it's a top ten show, which is great. It's yeah. not as good as like Mad Men, Sopranos, Wire. A lot of people put it number one, all right? Okay. And I think True Detective season one is probably on that is the second on that list, if not the first on that list. I think list. it's the first.
2: It's first on my I list. Think I think Wire season four is right there for me too. Wow. Everyone likes season four. Season one
0: of Homeland. That was damn good. Was that was surprisingly like- good. I've never seen it. Like oh, see, hold well, your great. like hold your breath. Well, remember like season one. Homeless. Did you
1: ever watch yeah. Billions? No. Okay, so the yeah. guy who's on Billions that's was it. the guy. Yeah, but 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 um, other plus, seasons
2: not so much. Like,
1: yeah, it's still good. Season yeah, but season one was incredible. Yeah, I didn't even see the last season yet. I'm gonna right. watch it at some. You point. haven't
2: seen the last season of uh, what's it called? The uh, um, yeah, like the New York guys like the uh, the Billions. No, the one on HBO. Gossip Girl? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <God damn it.
0: laughs> uh, succession? Oh, Succession! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I'm waiting. I'm, I'm just not. Well, what in
0: the are you movie. waiting
1: for? I, I'm actually listening. I'm listening to The Godfather on tape right okay.
2: I am actually. It's it's unbelievable. I watched that show on your recommendation, and then you just were like, "I'm not watching the last season."
1: No, I'm no, no, no. It it, it, it you know what it's like? It's like having like some wine. Like 1936 the Rothschild or something—I don't even know—and and saying when am I going to? Remember, you, you've seen the movie um, that, that uh, Paul Giamonte's in, um, where the the wine movie, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sideways, sideways, it. Right, remember, he had the wine he's waiting for, then he decides yeah. at the end he's going to drink it in and or eat it in and out or whatever. Drink it. I'm not doing that yet, but I'm waiting because what is there? Like eight episodes or whatever. I, don't, I won't ever get to see it for the first time again. Okay. Right. So I'm waiting to get the right mindset. But I am listening to The Godfather on tape. It's very good. The thing is, the movie is so—I mean, I've read the book. like, I've read a couple books, like, seven, eight times, right? Like, just one of those, like, every couple years. Uh, Atlas Shrugged is one of them, and The Godfather is one of them. I haven't read The Godfather for a couple years, and I saw it on YouTube. I said, I'm going to try it on tape. They actually act it out where they have like a voice for Michael. Or, you know, be like some. You know, <laughs> and it's on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Some hammy accent going, I want to make him an offer he can't refuse. I was <laughs> like pretty <that>. good, actually.
0: <laughs> there's, there's an article here from uh, Collider with the best seasons of TV. Okay, okay. Number one is season four of The Wire.
1: That That's what the, everyone defaults to that is soft-hearted and soft-brained, I think. Wow,
0: okay. come on. Oh, then, the kids. It's so have, interesting. Michael. Then uh, season three of Twin Peaks, the the reboot I never watched. Okay, now
1: that's interesting because Twin Peaks was the first real, let's say, cutting-edge show. Well, maybe not first, but one of the first in like the early 90s. Yeah, this is the reboot. I now, understand. The and, the, reboot. and then David Lynch did yes. it, and then it was like... 25 years later, they gave him a budget to do it again. I have it on... Now, that's something else. I have it on DVD, Letterbox. I haven't watched it, but go <laughs> uh,
0: Season four of Game of Thrones. Oh, God, forget that list. All right. Season five of Breaking Bad. Yeah, That's fine, but I, for, the list just got And And number five is season two of Succession, and then Ooh, number six that's... is season one, True Detective. Hmm, that's disrespectful. Well,
1: no, actually, you got to understand, it's so out of left field to think how good that show was... It's no, it's never listed as one of the best shows because it gets obscured by the other seasons. The fact they had that there actually impresses me. Actually, Mm -hmm. I bet most lists won't have that in the top ten. Of of see, like trying to find one. I bet it does. I bet if he finds
0: another one, will have it. Another list. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Do it randomly now. Don't don't you know? Just yeah, best TV seasons of all time. Here we go.
0: Uh, Business Insider. Perfect. Scroll down to number one here. All right, number one on the list is. Rectify season four. Now this is a savvy list, then. I I, I don't know that show that no, well, but I know it's well no, regarded. Number two, season four of the Larry Sanders show. Now that this is maybe <laughs> the best list shot. I've <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. Uh number three is season one of Murder One.
1: Oh, I I I just rewatched that. What is this show. list from? You know, first what of year? Of, well, it had to be a historic list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the intro because I mean Rectify was the guy that was on Deadwood Deadwood is gonna be on here, I'm guessing. I right, and listen, and, and I'm gonna tell you one other thing. So what we were just talking about Larry what was the last Larry show Larry Sanders. But what was the last show you said? Murder One. Oh, okay. So what that was was Steve Botchko, the guy who did LA Law in Hill Street Blues, uh-huh. right? Is on NYPD Blue, he also did that. There was a guy who played a lawyer who had a fate he kind of has that bald head that we were talking about right like his face melted uh-huh. and he it, it was right around the yes it was right <laughs> around the oj case and um and it was like hey let's follow a whole season of one murder so you know who was in that was a steve not Busemi, but it was a. Uh, Stanley Tucci, right? I think how you say his name, mm-hmm. but he played the the bill. He was like a billionaire. It was good. I, I actually rewatched it like five years ago. Like I had to order it on DVD. It's like it, it's not streaming or anything. Okay, but um, I would highly recommend okay. it.
0: All right, ah. next on the list is another season of the Larry Sanders show. Oh, this is good. This uh, is good. Which is season number 6. Now,
1: Larry Sanders was the oh. one of the first HBO shows
0: that really mm-hmm. mattered in the early 90s. And then number 5 on the list is season 5 of Breaking Bad. Okay. This is okay. A, this is a good this freaking a good list. list. Season 3 of The Office UK, the uh, UK ooh, version. Oh, he's hardcore, this one, man. Season 1 of The Office UK okay. version is number 7. Number 8 is season 3 of The Leftovers. Ooh. I heard good things about that show. I've watched I it a lot tell of you,
1: you did all yeah, three yeah. seasons? That surprises me. That was probably the most difficult show. We would watch, we'd tape it, and then it was like by the next Sunday, it wasn't even like watched yet because it was like going through torture. It was- you know how what show I felt
0: that way about? It was Westworld. Oh, wow. That was just a yeah, bad I show. I couldn't watch it. It was so painful. Uh, the Wire, season four. Okay. And Sopranos, season two. Oh, so oh I love Archie the Richie Prio season. That's the yeah. Richie Prio season. But
1: I would have thought this one would have had it.
0: <laughs> you know, I was actually re-watching some old like Sopranos clips. It's funny. I just had this conversation today about it. I'm like you watch like season one and season two, and I don't know if maybe like my perception has changed, but I'm looking, I'm watching like James Gandolfini. I'm watching Tony, and I'm like, he's not fat. No, no. You're right. He's like, he's like, he's like a regular, like, in shape—not in shape, but a regular, like, sized yeah. guy. And I feel like back in the day, I looked at Tony Soprano, But then, like, in later seasons, like him with the robe and the— Well, the, Jackie, you know. Gle-
1: Jackie Gleason was an example of that because he yeah. was always known to be fat, but he really wasn't that fat. But here's the thing. Tony puts on a massive amount of weight. Yes,
0: yes, in later seasons. And
1: here's the thing that most people don't know. The first episode was taped, the pilot, like a year and a half before the second episode was taken. Yeah. So his hair he had lots of hair. His yeah. <laughs> hair was very different in the first episode. Let's just And the whole tenor of the show was different. Yeah. It was like they did a chase with music. Remember when he beats the guy that owed him the money in front of the mm-hmm. and and David Chase actually directed the first episode. I'm kinda happy he did it after because I, you know, I like the direction it went. But here's the thing about the Sopranos too. I believe the last couple seasons are better than the first couple. No one thinks that or most Let's say mob people, oh, I want some killings. Those people usually don't think so. But if you act, the dream season, for example, is so advanced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like both of them, both the early end. Of, but I think season two, Richie April was one of the scariest characters yeah. ever. I mean, when he drove over Beansy mm-hmm. and paralyzed him, then he heard he was talking shit. and He went in and told him in the hospital, I'll, I'll send your arms where I <laughs> sent your legs. Yes. Now that, that would be scary. What a great show. Oh, no doubt. But it's interesting how none of the – it's like – I think the Sopranos would be either number one or number two on most lists for the best show of all time, but there's yeah. no one season that stands no. out as much.
0: No. Okay. So they kind of blend in.
1: All right. So how much did we bet on that? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, AJ, we're going to let you talk some college basketball, Now I'm going to guide the conversation. I should say this. I'm going to go get a little drink of water. So you start Dealer's Choice, and I'll be back within a minute, and – we keep going.
2: All right. Well, we're going to start with home court advantage in college basketball and how insane it is this year. And we were, we were talking about how basically you're paying a tax uh, every game, uh, probably a full point more than you would have a year ago or in, in the past. And we took a look at the big conferences. Big 10, home teams so far this season, 112 and 93. This and is ATS numbers. ATS. Okay. Big 12, 110 and 89. ACC 112 and 100, Pac 12 86 and 74, only conference with a losing record, SEC 95 and 102. So overall those those five conferences, 515 and 458, that's 54% ATS. Home dogs. Big 10 they're 20 and 12. Big 12 15 and 12. ACC 17 and 21. Pac 12, 18 and 9, SEC 16 and 15. 86, 59 and 1, 59% ATS
0: home dogs. So, what was the first one? 54%. Yeah, no, the first uh, number of the home dogs. Which conference oh, 20 that? and 12. That's a Big 10. So, Big 10 home dogs we like. Big 10,
2: Pack 12. And Pack 12. Pac home 12, dogs. 18 and 9 home dogs. Uh, so, it, I mean, you're seeing money come in every game. On the home team. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm getting to where now, if I want to bet a road team, which, I, again, I, admittedly is less this season than in the past. You would say do it on the opener? I, no. If I want the road team, oh, I'm waiting. Wait, yeah. Because if I want the home team, I, you have to bet the opener. It, because that's gonna, the number's not going to last. I, I don't know how many times I, I was like, oh, I'll wait and see. It, it opened three. I'll, I'll see if it gets to two and a half. I wake up, it's four and a half. You can't, with the home teams, you cannot wait. Everyone is betting the home teams. If you want the road team, wait. And again, these numbers tell you 54% in the big five conferences the, for the home teams, you, you, you're not gonna want the road teams a lot. But if you do, you wanna take them as late as possible.
1: So, how's it been if we look at the last, let's say, the month of February, how home teams have done? It. And I can look it up if you don't have it. But it's like to me, if the line's moving a point, a point and a half, and it was hitting 54%, then that's all gobbled up
2: by the move. I, that's a good possibility. I, I, I didn't break it down month by month. We broke it conference by conference, but we didn't look at it so month by is, month. So
0: which which is the strongest uh, ATS, which conference? Uh, it looks like the, the Pac-12. So Pac-12, let's see. So we'll do Pac-12 games then. And I'll look up the – I guess we can do it by – I'll look at what's recent. Because
2: they're 86-74, and 74, the home teams, ATS. Eighteen and nine home dogs, so sixty-six percent on home dogs.
1: Yeah. So, um, Scott, you did a good job here. I, I got it in front of me now. He was looking it up. Is let's look at the months. So we're looking at the Pac-12 only. We're looking at home teams. Right in November, twenty-one and eighteen. So not great, but one point eight points. That's pretty strong. In December, twenty-five and nineteen, covering by two points. And then in January, 25 and 19, so 56 percent, and but covering by 3.8 points a game, and then finally in February below 500, 15 and 18. Mm -hmm. So in general, when there's a trend, assist or something league wide, conference wide, and then the public starts betting it, usually it's going to get bet at least up to the point it's no longer valid. If not past it, because people tend not to know how much to do. So I would say, doesn't mean you want to play the road. And again, maybe now that it's slowing down, it might not be bet as much. It might not move as much. That's why, in general, you need the power ratings to tell you is this out of whack or not.
2: Still feels like it's getting bet. I mean, I'm I'm with you. It's certainly not as profitable. Profitable? Not maybe it's getting bet to the point of overkill is the problem.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Now, but I think I think the fact that the books kept opening. Low enough that it was getting bet, tells you the books didn't believe that they thought it was a trend, they didn't mind. Because, listen, if you keep getting the favorites bet at home or the, the home team at all, right, and you keep opening the number at a number that they're going to bet, that's saying you want those bets. Because you could easily yeah. open the number a point higher, right? And in theory, some of them are going to bet that because they don't know enough to know. Now, if we actually look at all teams, right, and – Look at the months. I'll just do the percentages here. But there's like a thousand games in each of the months. In November was fifty-two point four percent, which is pretty high for like eight hundred games. In December fifty-one point three, so down. January fifty point eight, down. Mm. February forty-seven point two, forty-seven point two percent in February. Home teams. That's wild. So
0: this that is, could that could mean market adjustment for sure it does i mean that's what market over adjustment i mean
1: uh, it's hard to hmm that's interesting
0: like what's the what's the point differential in february like what's the in
1: february it was minus
0: 0.6 and in january it was almost exactly so now think think about it in terms of i mean uh, for lack of a better term clv Mm -hmm. but for market adjustment let's say if the market is adjusted by one full point Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you flip those numbers around completely
1: yeah, and, and it looks like the market adjusted about a half a point um, because it went—I mean, again, it's 1,000 games almost, or 1,200 games in January, so that's enough games. You mm-hmm. think, is It was right around break-even, and then it was down a half a point. Now, again, it could be the move—now, you could look at the average line, except you don't know how tough the competition is. Exactly, you know? yeah. Um, actually, looking at it, in general, you would think January and February is both in conference mostly, so mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty similar— um, January's my uh, the average line was minus three point two, and in February it was minus three point three. So a little bit of movement there, but not a ton. Now my question is, moving on, how do we we look at road performance in the tournaments typically? Because it's more of a road game than a home sure. game. So I think a lot of teams that are, I mean, some of these teams got extreme splits,
2: right? Oh, yeah, and I mean, so Purdue is a great example. Purdue is a team that. I've got no interest in backing when they're away from home, which means I'm probably going to have no interest in them in the tournament, Like at least, at least with them going far in the tournament, because I, I don't trust them away from home. As good as they've been this season, on, on the road, they're not the same team. And so I, 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 you have to knock those teams. Teams that have a bunch of good road wins, it's hard to not upgrade those teams come March.
1: So who's some of, who's some of the teams that you look at as being home bait? Purdue is one.
2: Arizona is one.
1: But Purdue, you're saying is 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 mostly home in,
2: in, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Houston has probably like, if if the NCAA tournament was played at the Fertitta Center, Houston <laughs> would win the national championship.
0: Houston so. one five and one ATS away from home.
1: <laughs> one five and one. That's yeah. seven games. Yeah. They've only played seven road games.
0: Yeah. I, I,
2: but at home, all they do is all they do is win and cover. They, they blow everybody out at home. So that that's the stuff that makes me worry. Well, I mean, if anything, it's an opportunity. Straight up.
1: I mean, look at this. Arizona's 10-3 and at home, but they cover by 9.5 points per game. Yeah. That's massive. And then Purdue. Now, who's the teams that you think are solid on the
0: road? Hmm. I want want to say Connecticut, but then they just got blown out on the road. Well, if they're playing a ranked opponent on the road, Uh, they're bad. If they're playing an unranked opponent on the road, you can bet them. This is a crazy number, RJ.
2: The Connecticut Huskies— The last time they won a game on the road against a ranked team, January 16th, 2014. How many games have there been since? They've had 25 opportunities. They are 0-25 their last 25 games on the road against ranked opponents. I wonder
1: how many times they were favored because that's the classic, you know, the home team is unranked. Oh, I guess in this case, the home team's ranked. Okay. Huh. By the way, with Purdue... Their record at home, ATS, 6 and 6. Oh, really? But their straight up record is 13 and 0. Okay. So, and I guess there was one game that didn't have a spread. I'm Look just at the d- mat
2: there. Tennessee. Tennessee's another team that I think very home court dependent.
1: All right, so Tennessee, 8 and 5 at home. Uh, ATS, they're 12 and 1 straight up. And then let me do the road
0: here. Let me get some road numbers for you. So, what was that year? You said 2015? 20, uh, or 2014, 2014 okay, which so was got, the last year. That's when they won the national championship. Yep. So I see 0-23 since 2014, UConn away, and the opponent ranked. And what uh, was this, what's the ATS record? ATS is 8-13-1.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, average line is actually 7.3, which means plus 7.3, which means they've been dogs. So let me see. And when they're an underdog on the road, 0-19. And 8-10-1 ATS. Okay, so when not bad as a
1: dog. When so when
0: favorite, favorite, 0-3, 0-3. Okay, okay.
1: All right. But still, even when there's those extreme numbers, you look at ATS is not near as extreme. No. So uh, so Tennessee we'll look at here, and then we'll go to the next topic. Why don't you go to the next topic? I'll tell you Tennessee.
2: All right, I want to talk about player of the year, national player of the year. The odds right now. For, I got Lou Alcindor. It's not going to be him. Kareem abdul There, Zach Eadie. Is minus 25,000 to be the player of the year. So 2,500. Oh, sorry, minus 2,500. You're right. I was looking at the other side. So segment.
1: it's 25 to win one.
2: Yes. Okay. Okay. He's coming into the season, he was plus 175. He's going to be the first back-to-back player of the year since 1982-83. Ralph, Patrick Ewing. Ralph Samson. Oh, Ralph. Virginia. The, so the Twin se- Towers. The second favorite right now is Dalton Connect, he's plus 3000.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, so we got a clear and uh, this is the Purdue guy? Yeah. Okay. I I tell you this. Purdue's underperformed in the tournaments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think some of it has to do with the game right in the po I mean the post play, it used to be that's what people wanted in the playoffs. No,
2: no. It's guards, guards win. Yeah, guards win it. tournaments. That's
1: what I'm saying, but back in the day it was like, oh, it was tough to shoot outside when the pressure's on mm-hmm. in the arenas, you know, the big venues. I think in general that this coach, and I mean, I I was reading some of his quotes. He seems very high press. He seems like a Bill Cowher type. Like, like he's always got the pressure on. Oh,
2: for sure. That's what I'm saying. It's, I mean, he's those being called th- a loser. Like it's.
1: But those are the teams that struggle in with the. I mean, Andy Reid's. I mean, as much as you don't think so, Belichick was like he was. Belichick was calm. Right? Andy Reid is calm. You ever see Belichick screaming during a Super Bowl? Never. No. But. This guy seems like the type that's going to
2: stress everyone out. I agree. Uh, what makes Zach Eady unique is that he's very much like Yao Ming. I think. I think he's that kind of a player. Like he's a big man, but he 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 can shoot free throws. And everybody like normally when you have a big man that dominates in college, the answer is just foul him, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he'll he'll kill himself. He shoots seventy three percent from the line. Like you can't do it. That's what, he's just. There's no answer for him. The way they officiate him, there's no answer for it. So how did you lose to a 16 seed? It's, I mean, it's really a detriment to Matt Painter, <laughs> to be honest.
1: So next week, what I want to talk about is how has the transfer portal and all of the different college basketball changes affecting the handicap? Because there might be people that only handicap the tournament, and we want to give them that insight. Okay. Does that sound good? Sounds
2: you good. Got anything else this week? Yeah, I got one more thing. Uh, I, I want to give a future out. Uh, right, and I'm going to split wait,
1: wait, it. Wait, you know, let's do. Let's have our gal join in.
2: Oh, haven't heard her in a while. Wow,
1: we, had oh, we heard week, her last week. Last week, baby. Yep. We're back. The, when the Super Bowl's over, she comes back.
0: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
2: All right, I'm going to split Creighton. Plus 800 to make the final four, and plus 3,000 to win the national championship. Uh, They're they playing great ball right now. I had kind of thrown them in the trash can. They were my favorite to win the Big East coming into the season. Creighton, Marquette, and, and uh, UConn. UConn were looked at as like the, the three co favorites to win the Big East. Creighton did, they've underperformed basically uh, until this point. Their last four games, they won at Xavier. They beat Georgetown, which isn't even a real team. They won at Butler by over 20 points, and then they just smashed UConn at home. So they are finding their rhythm. They're a senior-laden team. They've got good guards. They've got good bigs. And since 2001, 95.5% of champions were in the top 20 Ken Palm offense. 91% of champions were in the top 30 Ken Palm defense. There are... A handful of teams right now that fit that. UConn, Tennessee, Houston, North Carolina, Duke, Purdue, Arizona, and Creighton are the teams that fit into both of those categories. Top 20 in offense, top 30 in defense. And just the way Creighton's kind of bringing it together, they're starting to meet preseason expectations. I like that team. I like buying them now before the Big East tournament. Uh, I think they're just as good as UConn and Marquette. UConn you've got to pay such a premium on, and I don't think there's much of a difference between these teams. So uh, split that bet. Creighton plus 800 to make the final four Creighton plus 3,000 to win the national championship
1: pretty strong self-assured pretty strong stuff so this will be a chance for you to kind of catch up if you haven't on college basketball um do you expect Creighton to play well throughout the end of the you know up till the end of the year
2: I do and Creighton remember if it weren't for a iffy foul call Creighton beat San Diego State last year and Creighton's probably in the final four uh it's, so it's funny how you you things change based on one little play. But this this Creighton team is good enough to be there. I I fully believe that. I believed it last year. I believe it this year. I think this is one of the most talented teams in the country.
1: Scott, look this up, if you don't mind, on – Circa, they got a prop out, which is the top two teams for the yeah, field. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it yesterday. It, was, okay.
2: it, it opened at minus 330. So tell U, the teams UConn first. UConn and tell Purdue the all right, you, all right. versus the field. The mm-hmm. field was minus 330. Okay. And uh, when I looked at it uh last night, it was minus 350. So, so money
0: came in wow. immediately on the field. I don't know about immediately. It. right? How, what time did it open up? Uh, it's now – right now it's the no is minus – uh oh, this is – Purdue or Yukon to win yeah. the championship, yes, plus 270, no minus 340.: so it's down oh, it's going now. back down now. All right I like the no. I like the no.
1: Well, Connecticut, you're saying is overrated. I, yeah, and Purdue's the other one.
0: Yeah mm-hmm. in
1: fact, I love that. I love do that too. yeah I might take off the rubber band. I, in fact, I'm making that <laughs> my bet. No, I do like that because I mean you got Purdue I mean I can't. K limit. I can't imagine Purdue navigates six rounds. there's, there's no, no way. way. I mean, there's a way, but, uh, you know, I mean, w- but remember, the nice thing is you can bet against Purdue and bet against Connecticut. Um, you know, Circa will give you the no price on those, too,
0: yep. uh, on just the, yep. you know, which is really nice. The no price on, let's see, they have it right. They should have it here um, unless they just don't have it individually. Nope, uh, uh They might just have them both lumped in together.
1: Typically, they do have yeah. it, but, yeah. Okay. So, last topic, and... uh this, there's been a big study, not even a study, but reporting on gambling that came out, and some of it was sports betting and some of it not. What they came out with was the way that gambling has grown. And I think this is exciting and cool, but I think there's one cause of concern. All right, so let's look at the numbers first. Um, the gambling, the sports betting-specific revenue in the United States, legal and regulated— $10.9 billion, $10.9 billion. Now, that's a 44% increase from the $7.5 billion in 2022. So 44% increase. But now, if you look at the amount wagered, so the win is the revenues, the win effectively of the book, and the amount wagered is the handle the handle 119 billion big number but that's a 27% increase so if the handle goes up 27% but the profit goes up 44% mm. let me tell you <laughs> the margin or the you know the, their their profit margin has gone up significantly and i mean let me think 54 i mean it's it's what let's just do the math here where's my calculator oh there it is so if we simply say 44.5, all right, divided by, should do it for me, I think, 27.8. So that's 60% increase in the profit mm-hmm. margin. So 119 billion of handle, and like we said, the the profit margin up 60%. Now what is causing that? It's simple. It's the books, well, first of all, the the, the novice batters are not betting straight bets. The whole percentage on straight bets, if it's a drunk baby flipping coins, literally it's gonna be fifty, you know it's gonna be the the four, you know the uh, you know one divided by twenty one number, that's like four point seven eight or whatever it is. And it's below five percent is the easy way to say that, okay? So it's like, okay, so that's the, in theory, that's the worst you should do if you're playing straight bets. Now, over time, you might have a bad year, you hit 46%, some years you're going to hit 54, just randomly, right? But in general, across everyone, if everyone's betting straight bets, the handle would be, or the uh, win would be much, much less. A lot of people are betting the parlays and all that, okay? It's hard to blame them. They've made them super appealing. But I think there's another part to this. Just this year, as I've observed the same game parlays, the whole percentage has gone up and up and up. Uh, a situation where it's like, OK, we're going to make it a three-way and it can tie. So did Team A win, Team B win, or was it a tie? Mm-hmm. And then Team A and B are both minus 105. And then you can get scooped if it ties. I mean, that's stuff like I used to have a bookie in Pittsburgh that that was minus one, minus one. <laughs> Right, literally, if it was a pick'em game, you had to lay one on either team. So if it fell one, they they got you know they got the side. They they would collect on one and and, and push on the other. So you couldn't win that way. I remember the first public gambling I ever did was the Catholic Church, uh, Saint Mary's had. Uh, a festival, like a two day festival every August, and they had a dice game in the in the garage. You had to be older <laughs> to go. and the dice game was you could bet over seven, under seven or seven. But if it fell seven, so so the but you only got paid like fifty percent. I mean, it was like you were getting scooped whenever it would hit seven. Yeah, it was like seven was the the zero or double zero on roulette, but gotcha. it was the most common result. Mm-hmm. The hold was like thirty percent. That's, that might work for a day or two. It's not gonna work. To me, if the books, but here's the catch 22 the books are doing a land grab. The more money they make now, the more advertising they can buy, mm-hmm. the more deals they can do with a uh, bar stool or whatever. I mean, the big million dollar deals. And then if you win that land grab, then you've got a billion, you know, a $50 billion company. Look at horse racing as the cautionary tale because of all of the expense to it is part of the reason. Is the whole percentage upwards of twenty percent? And what happens is if you hold that much, you can't have a sustained clientele. You're gonna have people come in and play. And la- the be- we've all heard the old saying about the sheep or what is it, the sheep's down in the field and they say, hey, let's go down and F them all, and, you know, and it, or, or, or let's go down and F one of them, and then it says, no, let's walk down and F them all, right? <laughs> Is To some degree, you've got to make it where the players have enough chance to win or they won't lose so much that next year they're ready to go again. Because if they lose so much that they get devastated, gonna, they swear it mm. off, and it becomes a problem. Do you think that's where the boosts come in? <sighs> No, I think the boosts are a way to make—because the boosts only—I mean, unless I'm mistaken, they only happen with, like, premier—like, Bill Simmons has a—I mean, no. they're boosting every day now. Every day. Every okay. book has boosts. And it's a, a certain parlay they put together, or how does it yeah. work?
0: Yeah, or well, sometimes they'll just boost like, what's today. Best? Like
1: What's today's boost?
0: Uh, let's see. I'll go log on to—for example, I'll just go on William Hill yeah. here in Vegas and tell you if they have a boost right now. All right, boost. I can do Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, and Paul George each— over two and a half made three pointers plus 200.
1: But we don't the tru- know.
0: The true price is probably. But we don't know what the yeah, true price is. Right. Right. Yeah. So, in a
1: weird way, maybe they do minimize the, the hold a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still gonna be a nice hold, right? So, I don't. Listen, they have gotten very good at engendering or, or generating action. And all I'm saying is if you're a player, we can't hope that the 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 books are going to be conscientious to say we don't want to sh- we don't want to shear the sheep too much let's give you know let's them have enough to you know a sustainable loss if you think about gambling listen if you can win you can win that's great right our goal is to help you your bottom line improve if that means you're going from a slight loser to a slight winner we've done something great but you know what if you went from a big loser to a moderate loser we've done something great all we can do is help your bottom line? That's what we strive to do. But if your loss is big enough that you can't sustain it, you quit playing. Or if you're compulsive, who knows? Maybe you don't. You go bankrupt. But if normal, typical people are going to quit. And horse racing, all you got to do is go to a race book and and look around on a Tuesday night. There's no one there, mm-hmm. right? And they have these gigantic. You ever notice how big the race books are? Yeah. Because they used to. Because they wanted any sucker. And again. I think the smartest bettors are often horse players because it's a very intellectual endeavor, but that's dying, right? And part of the death of it is the hold. And this tells me 60% more hold than last year. That's not a coincidence. And I think that as we hope the books are gonna be conscientious, I doubt it, but you as a player gotta understand when you play a same game parlay, unless you think, if you can't identify your edge, why you think it's not bad. You're probably gonna lose faster than if you're playing sides. Now, I would make the case a lot of people would say, Yeah, but I enjoy it so much more. Okay, lower the amount you're betting then, mm. right? If they double the hand or if they double the hold and you cut in half your bets, you're gonna lose the same amount. Now, you have a, less of a chance to win more, but again, if you're looking at it as recreational, don't let them hold 12, 15, 18%. It's not sustainable. That's my public service message. I like it. Thinking about the opposite, Scott. Let's talk about your bet or the bet. Let's be candid that I helped us hedge out and and scoop.
0: Yeah, the Sabrina Ionescu Steph Curry three point competition. Yeah, uh, I wanted my best bet. We was, didn't. Need, we didn't need AJ for this. Yeah, no. The best bet was the over forty five and a half combined score, which hit. But rather than play that over forty five and a half combined score, we engineered the two-part bet, which was Sabrina over 20 and a half for her score and then Steph to win. And the theory was if she wins, she's going to get over 20 and a half because we looked at the historical data of both of their three-point competitions. And if she doesn't get over 20 and a half, well, then Steph's going to win. So you're not going to lose both bets. It was was less likely. Less likely. Worst-case scenario, you're going to split, but a good opportunity to scoop and that's exactly what happened with the uh, 29-26 Steph Curry win, yeah. scooping both bets.
1: My dad, when he used to shoot pool, if he shot one that in our basement that was got lucky and like hit a ball and then went in or something, mm. he'd go, it's like you had eyes. <laughs> well... It's like it had eyes. Yeah. It went exactly how we thought. Now I I love when we put our mind. To me, that's some of my favorite bets. Mm-hmm. When we put our mind to it and we find an edge.
2: That's what made the the same game parlay pod so much fun, in my opinion. This yeah, year,
1: yeah, and especially us hitting hitting on the end yeah. of it
2: to put a clear win on the season. All right, so we don't. Who have... wins? You and your dad
1: shoot pool. Oh God, I I mean he I, he quit shooting me at some point. Okay, I, I, listen, you, you I overtook could shoot. him. What I, age
2: did you overtake him?
1: I always could shoot better. Because we got a pool table. It was probably the one indulgence that we really had. We had enough room in the basement. We got like a – was it wasn't a Brunswick, but it was a nice table. And I got a – I bought, a, a. I think, a Dufferin. I, I, it was a Canadian cue, but it was a nice cue. Yeah, I won a lot of money down that basement. <laughs> and then finally there was good shots. They said, oh, we don't want to play on your table anymore. I go, oh.
0: I, I had my own cue in, in my freshman dorm. We had uh, a table in, in the – in the lobby, uh-huh. and you know, I was playing guys for money, and then eventually, when people saw me take out my own personal uh-huh. cue and, and screw it together, they didn't want to bet it. They didn't want to bet me. Well, and I was like, they never seen me play, but the fact that I had my own cue, guys were like, "It's like a guy who walks." I in. I don't the, want it.
2: If if you walk into the bowling alley and you don't have to, you don't have to rent shoes. You don't have to rent a, like. You don't have to use one of the balls off the rack. Yeah, I'm not betting that. You don't want to bet against <laughs> that guy.
0: Well,
1: in the hustler, at one point, when Paul Newman comes in, he goes, "You want to play?" The guy goes. Listen, friend, I don't play people who come into pool rooms with a leather satchel. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> like, exactly. <laughs> so let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. Oh, I had hustle. I thought it was the hustler quote <laughs> that I have. That
0: was- <laughs> I had a hard case with the two little fl- the two little flaps. It in the looked, like you, but people thought you-, you had a flute in <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. Could you really shoot? Uh, I was much better. I haven't played in so long, but no, I was playing for no. a while. Like my, my freshman year of college, I was down there every day. Really? Like, yeah. Just shooting.
1: So did you shoot a lot before that?
0: Um, just at friends' houses that had, you know, and we would go a couple of nights, we'd go to the pool hall, but not like freak not as frequent as my freshman year. I was down there every day.
2: I had a pool table at my house when I was a kid. Yeah. I, oh. I don't know that I ever played on it. Like
0: I, I, I would like I would literally
2: like Did you ever make love on it? No, I would lay on it and watch TV. <laughs> I would like lay on the top of it and watch television.
1: But that I don't trust anyone that would have a pool table and wouldn't shoot.
2: I mean, I was like a little kid. I was but like. But then was know.
1: the pool table gone after?
2: Yeah. When, when my parents they got had to div- for... My parents got divorced. Like I, the I pool mean,
1: table went with your dad.
2: Uh, I think the pool table just went away when they went to like they went to separate houses and they sold the pool table. I'm pretty sure.
1: And your dreams died. You could have been
2: a professional pool. I don't shooter. think so. I was never really that interested in it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know that de- that depresses me. Actually, we used to have. I mean, literally, so I was betting every night, right? Especially if basketball, NBA, doing baseball, but see, I love baseball too. But I don't think I started betting baseball until I was like 18 or 19. But like when I was 15, I was betting every night of basketball. Mm-hmm. I still remember the score lines pre internet, they'd be like, I still remember once the Magic, or oh, I'm sorry, check that, the Mavs, who were good, if you remember, like the late, early 80s or mid 80s the Mavs had a good run like there were some drug guys that were there like Pearson I mean Chuck Person man I can't remember but um the Lakers right who were the best? you know them and the Celtics and and it was a game where the Lakers were back to back and somehow the Mavs were favored by four and all the Sharps you know at the time I understood were on the Mavs and I'm thought this is gutsy, man. I'm betting against Magic, and I'm laying points, baby. <laughs> and somehow, the Mavs win by three. And I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Magic just got beat. I still don't win the bet. <laughs> and 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 I still remember there was another game like that. This would have been like maybe early, early Bulls run, like twenty, maybe when I was ninety two, let's say, the first year they won it or whatever. And but they went to Utah. And they, Utah was still good, and Utah was like laying two. And finally, Utah wins by one. and all sports center and everything's leading. The Jazz Spring, the massive upset. And somehow I bet Utah minus two. Yeah. <laughs> there were some tough lessons in those days. But we used to sh- play, and I would get the lines at 6:30. And everyone would gather around, and we'd bet to get. You know, I'd say, I'm betting this. They'd say, all right, I'll jump on for 20 or 30. You know, I was betting, like I said, when I was 15, like two, 220 a game. That was a standard bet, which was crazy. And if I would have got on a losing streak, it would have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. But then we literally, you know, see how the lines move and shoot, pull, and shoot from, like, let's say 6 to 8, and then start watching the games and put the bets in. I still remember a little rotary phone downstairs. That's a that's a way to – that's an upbringing. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people might be appalled right now, but hey. That, <laughs> Who are they to judge? So what are we doing without Fez this week, back next week? What do we do about
2: the, hey, hey? I I think we hear Scott's Fez impersonation. Scott's the master of impersonations. It seems like that's a good time for it.
1: Okay, this is what I'll do. Do you want to do that?
0: Yeah, I'll give it a go.
1: Right, I'll let you do it. <laughs> and then if it's no good, I'll play a soundtrack.
0: Okay. So first, he smiles. You have to smile first. It's his moment. Then you have to go, hey. Hey! (laughs) Just be careful out there. May I remind you, (laughs) in this archdiocese, God don't run the bingo. (laughs)